Hey y'all, welcome back to the show. It really is a wild and crazy life and I hope you are living it to the fullest. All right, before we get into today's episode, let's take just a moment to drop in Find that center and just rebalance everything going on in the day. If you're driving, I would definitely encourage you to maybe breathe with us, but don't close your eyes. But otherwise, if you are somewhere safe, I invite you now to close those eyes. Take a deep cleansing breath and connect with whatever part of your body is calling to you right now. Maybe it's your heart, maybe it's the solar plexus, maybe it's your feet, your fingers, whatever feels good for you, put your attention there. And then together we're going to take three slow breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. And feel free to make sound on that exhale if it is helpful for you. All right, here we go. and exhale beautiful inhale exhale last one breathe in and breathe out all right let's go to the show Welcome back to the show. I am so, so excited. I feel like I say this every week, but every week it's true. I'm so excited about today's episode. Um, Before we get to that, um, just a quick reminder, I am in the middle of practicum for my breathwork certification, which for you means free breathwork sessions. So if you are interested in breathwork, how it can apply to your actual daily real life, um, and how you can use breathwork to deepen your meditation, head over to the show notes, click the link to schedule some free breathwork sessions. Um, Feel free to grab a couple of sessions if you're interested. There's plenty to go around. This offer is only going to be here for another couple of months, so don't miss out. I'm so excited to bring this work to you, the community, and the audience. Um, Also, if you haven't yet, head on over, this link will also be in the show notes, and sign up for the newsletter. I am launching this newsletter. I've sent out a few emails, um, but moving forward, I'm going to have a newsletter every Friday. And this coming Friday, February the 10th, I will be sending out some really big and exciting news in that newsletter. So if you want to be the first to know about that, head over. Sign up for the newsletter and it will drop on Friday. So lastly, of course, like I ask every week, if you can head on over to Spotify or iTunes and follow, rate, review the show, y'all know the drill. This really helps the algorithm know that we're here, know that we're saying good stuff worth listening to. So I would love your support in that way. 
All right. Now, moving on. I, again, again, I'm always excited, but I'm really excited about the episode today. Josh West is a certified CrossFit coach in Franklin, Tennessee. Actually, he's my health and fitness coach, which is why I'm so excited to have him on the show today. We stumbled into CrossFit Free Flow (laughs) because... Say that five times fast. We stumbled into CrossFit Free Flow because we were looking for a new gym when we moved, and Jamie thought I would be lured by the name. So, of course, he knows me. He was right. I totally was. Um, At first, when we started, we didn't see anything majorly different than any other CrossFit gym. You know, we liked it. We liked CrossFit, Um, but it just wasn't, it wasn't really that different. But we, our first impression was totally wrong. As we got to know Josh better, I discovered that he was working on his OPEX certification and he was beginning to really understand how to approach coaching from a personal standpoint. Each person is so vastly different. And one thing I did love about this gym was that many of us were older, you know, like mid 30s, 40s, um, several in their 50s and even 60s. So a lot of us were working with injury or just being a little older and needing to slow things down or change up the way we were doing the workouts. So each person is different and we can do the same or similar workouts. But then within that, there are a million variations that will help each athlete reach their actual goals. And then on top of that, like we've talked about With breath work, doing so in a way that doesn't stress the nervous system in the wrong ways is just vitally important because if you overstress your nervous system, you get diminishing results anyway. So you're going to hear more about all of this in the episode. I won't spill the whole tea now, but the more Josh and I work together, the more we see how aligned this approach is to the way I work in business. It's been so fun and Well, sometimes a little frustrating, if I'm honest, (laughs) to slow it all down and learn to build fitness with a calm nervous system, just like I build my business. So hopefully you're intrigued. Josh is such an awesome guy and shares some amazing insight in this episode. So without further ado, let's go to the show. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. I'm excited. (laughs) Good. Now, obviously, you and I talk at this point almost every day. Um, Mm -hmm. But for the people who don't talk to you every day, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Where do you live now? What's kind of your, oh, well, it's the start of, it's January. So let's talk about what your vision is for 2023. Nice. Um, so I grew up kind of all over the place. My dad worked retail. Uh, he was a retail manager. So we moved a lot. We ended up in Nashville because he was pursuing music. Um, and his pursuit of music actually, uh, in hindsight, has a lot to do with who I am today, being able to, to have watched that progression growing up. Um, but coming, we came to Nashville around 2000. And then uh, I did high school. I did four years in the Marines. A um, little bit of college here and there. Haven't haven't quite got a degree yet, but um, I've learned more. <laughs> I've learned more. I started working at a mechanic shop for a friend that he he owned it. We're the same age, knew each other in high school, and that was my first taste of like small business and the idea that like 
I can affect people with skills that I learn on my own type of thing. Um, because there was a distinct transaction in there when my boss wasn't there. I, I was still kind of new to the whole thing, but he wasn't there. And I received a customer, did the whole intake process, yep. diagnosed the car, ordered the parts, did the whole job myself. And then he paid the money. And I was like, I just did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And um, I didn't even need to go into college debt to do it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, while I was working on learning to work on cars, I also picked up CrossFit and that was the, that was 2013. And that was a big, kind of the beginning of my more, uh, evolved fitness journey, I guess, cause I've always been kind of active, but, um, never really trained the way that I've learned to train now. So much different. Um, we got three siblings, two little brothers and a little sister. I'm the oldest in the house. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> so we actually, we're actually not too close. So I'm at this point in my life, I'm also learning what it means to be close to people. Um, not that we're not like at odds or anything, but my family dynamics, I've realized played a lot into how I've interacted with people up to this point. And so learning also kind of how to not undo, but pick up some new skills so that I have new ways of interacting. Um, yeah. Anything else? I'm 34. I love what I do. <laughs> That's awesome. I, and I love that you just kind of dove into that with the family dynamics. I think that's true for a lot of us, no matter what it is we're doing. If we are not conscious, we're probably doing it by some pre-programming that we need to reevaluate and rechoose. For sure. Um, yeah, my upbringing was very, uh, I'll say, religiously restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, and having known nothing else, I didn't realize what that was and, and why it was making it difficult for me to connect with people who weren't coming from the same place I was. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, becoming an adult, being exposed to different ways of living, just being in the military and, and kind of seeing how other people live around the world was very, very, has been very, very eye opening. Yeah. Um, but also too, personally, I realized also like, in terms of what my own capabilities are, it just had me in a very narrow scope of what I was even allowed to uh, consider in terms of my life options. So breaking free of that has been a big process, but yeah, exactly to your point. Um, I do think that having that background, that kind of restrictive background actually helped me grow when I started getting stuck in my fitness journey because it was a very, it was a very similar sensation um, feeling like, like I only have these few options, but these few options aren't really working for me. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, I see, yeah. I see the connection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so, you know, it encouraged me to, to ask better questions, I think is what it ended up coming down to. We can get into that a little later, I'm sure, but yeah. Yeah. What was your question? That was, that was it. Yeah. Talking about how yeah. we, we, if we don't pay attention to our programming, we just reuse right. it without meaning to. Mm-hmm. Um, without, you know, diving too much into my mom's story, she has a lot of trauma around interactions with women. And so unknowingly, she passed that down to me. It was only recently someone said to me, said something about a sister wound. And I was like, I have never mm. heard that, but I for sure have that. Mm. <laughs> and it yeah. was like, well, in, in a work environment, I can be so dominant and direct and like, mm. and not pull in as much of the feminine that I'm actually also really good at. Um, mm 
but it was totally unconscious until literally two months ago. And I was like, that explains why so many people read me one way and I feel a different way. It was that disconnect of like not connecting to the, not feeling free to express the feminine part, which is Mm. a very powerful place to lead from. Wow. Yeah. 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 And so mine was flipped. I realized mine was a fear of expressing anything really masculine or Mm. being assertive or being uh, kind of more type A. I was kind of not pushed away from that, but it was just based on my temperament because I'm I'm non-confrontational to begin with. Um, and I'm not sure what it was. I don't know. My mom said when I was two, three years old, she could put me in a room with a couple toys and say, uh, just wait here. I'll be back in a little while. And I'd sit there for two, three hours uh-huh. and just do whatever she left me doing. Yeah. I don't know how I felt about that at the time. <laughs> I don't remember, but <laughs> right. she said, you know, she thought I was just, she thought she was a great parent and she thought I was just the greatest child. Yep. And then she, and then she had my, my little brother who was an absolute terror and realized yep. that, Oh, I'm just a good kid. Yeah. That's not <laughs> uh, how early, kids are. Right. Right. At least an obedient kid. Um, but I carried that temperament of wanting to please authority all the way really up until the military is where I kind of realized that a lot of people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and so I started, I just started questioning things, um, sure. but we, um, where did we start with this? Back it up. Um, you, like you, you couldn't express the masculine, the masculine. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my masculine was very restricted to the point where I, even if I felt like I was internally confident and knew something, I did not feel comfortable saying it confidently as something that I believed. Yeah. Um, because my identity was very, very much intertwined with my beliefs, which like, obviously there's a lot of intertwining that goes on there but I couldn't create enough separation like a, like a, I think a lot of people where if somebody kind of steps on our toes about something we believe it's easy to get offended because we're identifying our human identity with that belief um so breaking the yeah breaking that wall down and seeing that my beliefs are part of me and there's this adaptable thing that needs to be flexible based on what my con- you know current situation context what my current goals are th- that type of thing so yeah that makes sense yeah totally new new growth new information new yes experiences can affect all of those things yeah, especially yeah, yeah. when we're starting with a core set of beliefs that we picked up as children and as teenagers <laughs> we didn't know yeah. anything about the world yeah we were believing yeah. those things so learning yeah. to adapt with it yeah i get it mm-hmm. I get it. That's so cool. I also actually did not know you were in the Marines. Um, <laughs> so for the for listeners, the viewers, Josh owns um, a local CrossFit gym. I will have already said that, but um, I knew that Jimmy, your your partner there, was obvi- obviously I knew he was in the military. I didn't realize mm-hmm. you were as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jimmy was 20 years infantry yeah. army, and then I did four years infantry in the Marines. Yeah, four was enough for you. You didn't need 20. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Four was plenty. Awesome. Actually, I enjoyed the work and the job and the training and some of the people, but also some of the people were the reason that I couldn't sure. stick around. Sure. Sure. I get it. All right. So let's dive in. What you and I have been talking about a lot in the last few months is mm-hmm. um, getting back in touch with your body, yep. learning how to let your body lead. And especially the stuff that really intertwines with the breath work I've done is, is the nervous system 
work. Yes. So there's a lot wrapped up in that. Where should we start? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so here's so let's let's start with CrossFit because that's sure. how we know each other. Um, I started. You started CrossFit in 2013. I started in 2020. Oh wow. Um, and we joined your gym. Gosh, six months ago now, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so CrossFit has a bit of a reputation. Just a mm-hmm. touch of a reputation for being a little little over the top. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My (laughs) brother-in-law informed me that all CrossFitters are um, not nice people. He had an uglier word and I was like, well, sitting right here. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was, he was messing with me, but I was also like, um, so let's talk about CrossFit. CrossFit does have a reputation for being very intense. Yes. And I have been in gyms where that's true. And I've been in gyms where that's not true. So let's kind of talk about how you evolved within CrossFit. Um, so, yeah, I came in with the old, I call it the old school, uh, no pain, no gain mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I started with a group, my, my class that I was regularly attending was full of people like that. And yeah, like we were competing. We were all trying to impress each other. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We were in there at, you know, 4.35 a.m., Mm-hmm. pretty much five days a week uh i honestly don't know how i did it looking back um very but it was you very intense 24 23 24 25 at that time 20, 2013 was nine years ago 25 yes 25 25 um so i was a little younger i still had some resi- resiliency <laughs> left yeah. in my in my genes so um I was at that gym for a little while, and then the co- the one coach that I liked there broke off uh, and started something with another guy, and then there was a group of us that kind of followed that little 5 a.m. crew, um, and so we started our own thing, and then that that coach got some sort of autoimmune something and had to step out, and then there was a couple other guys who were trying to run it but couldn't, and so I was just there, and so they were like, you know what you're doing, right? And I was like, yeah. I'll I'll take it over um but when I started coaching was where I had a lot of the started to have a lot of the revelations and and initially started with movement um Kelly Kelly Starrett he's a he was a he owned San Francisco CrossFit out in California but he 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 goes by this uh ideal called the supple leper basically his what what changed my mind completely about the way we were working out was he proposed this idea that the human body was designed to last 110 years, pain-free and fully functional. And then at that point, we would either see some rapid de- degradation, um, or uh, we would, you know, just yeah, rapid degradation basically yeah. from there. Assuming we knew how to take care of ourselves, but right. we, you know, we've developed all these different ways of living that affect the body differently, and the body's just trying to keep up. Um, so, but his spin on that was, yeah, it has a, and he brought in a lot of experts during the seminar, talked about nutrition and, and recovery. And, but his main thing was movement. I just realized we were all moving very poorly. And through that, mm-hmm. I, I, for about six or eight months, I was in the gym a lot by myself in front of a mirror, just looking at how I moved. And this, I've realized now in hindsight, this was automatic for me. This is just something I latched onto because it was meaningful to me at the time. And so it wasn't, I'm, I'm, this this will come up later. This wasn't something that I sat down beforehand, premeditated, and I was like, I need to spend three hours a day in the gym working on my movement. It's not how right. that worked. It was just this, like, oh, I really want to fix my movement so that I can move better when I'm working out. 
because yeah. if I can move better, I'll have less pain and I'm more efficient, which means I can win some, some more of these workouts. Yep. So that was my motivation at the time, but it, it was subconscious. It was all automatic. I was just driven by whatever this idea was. Um, and so naturally trying to train people, I just, I have a, a heart for genuinely trying to help people. I developed more of a passion for the body. Um, and then as I've dug deeper and deeper, I've just, especially with this recent revelation, having gone through the OPEC certification and, and really putting the pieces together, because what the biggest shift was I was seeing short term, I was looking for performance, I was looking for aesthetics, uh, while at the same time trying to feel good. Um, and it turns out those two things are very difficult to mesh in the fitness world at first. Uh, but now that I've got some years under my belt, I kind of understand uh, the cycles of, you know, macro, micro, meso, and what's the big one? Macro. Mm-hmm. So there's these big cycles we're all going through and uh, understanding that there's kind of a rhythm to this. And there's, so there's going to be times when I gain weight and just need to, to dial it back and let it go. And it's okay. And there's going to be times when like, okay, I have something I want to get ready for. It's time to push a little bit mm-hmm. different than this old mentality. When we showed up to CrossFit, it was just hard, heavy, fast every day. Yep. And soreness was just you know, part of our identity. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my big frustrations with CrossFit when I first started was um, both Jamie and I, my husband and I are naturally athletic. We were athletes in high school. We were active throughout college in our twenties um, and then had children. So, you know, there we go. Sure. <laughs> we stopped being active for a long yeah. time. But when we started yeah. CrossFit, it was, it was like, we, there were so many movements that we knew how to do. We could probably have coached on them because we had mm-hmm. done them when we were athletes. Um, but we were now 10, 15 years older, our bodies behaved differently. And there was, even though CrossFit was a, is kind of branded as a functional fitness regimen, if you can't do the exact movement, that's if, unless you have a great coach, our coach didn't understand how to help our 38, in my case, 45 and his year old bodies adjust to the movement so that we could learn it eventually. Um, right. And we could get our, our current bodies to do these things that we had done. So that was a huge frustration for both of us. Mm. Cause it was like, we are both naturally strong, naturally mm-hmm. mobile and naturally athletic. Why are, why do we feel like we suck every time we walk in this gym? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah. definitely like there was shame around cherry picking, you know, workouts. And I'm like, okay, but if I know that my legs are sore and you're going to have us do heavy squats, it doesn't feel like cherry picking. It feels like wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 People, this is what I've realized and what uh, this most recent certification has helped me kind of break up is like we're, we put too much emphasis on uh, and I talked with you a little bit about this on the how and what's the right way and uh, what's going to we, we're not asking what we're actually after, which is which is actually way simpler. Because when you start arguing what's better, Whole30 or Paleo, or yeah. you're, you're arguing about whether CrossFit or Zumba is, is better for whoever, it doesn't really matter. You're arguing in these arenas that, are, that just lead in circles. Yep. Because uh, ultimately, it's a program. That, and I've, I've been trying to iterate this to people. The best program for anyone, in any case, diet, fitness, nutrition, uh, 
whatever is going to be the one that they'll actually do for a I'll long period of time. I literally say this to real estate agents about lead generation. I can't like, I don't think you, you've ever said it that way to me until just now. <laughs> almost those exact words, which is yeah. the best lead gen strategy? The one that you're going to do. The one that That's you're actually going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not, and, and also helping people break up fixating on an outcome is often extremely unpredictable, unpredictable, especially where the human body is concerned. But this is also just kind of generally true. We, you just don't know what kind of effect any given action is going to have because, you know, everything's just complicated and connected and, and we're kind of starting to see this a little bit better, but um, people get fixated on how much, you know, the numbers, how much they can lift, how much they weigh, what their body fat percentage is, how many calories they're eating, how much protein, like that's a lot. That's just, that's just a lot. Um, and so when we're looking at being able to make adjustments, uh, I think I mentioned this, this acronym to you, NEPA, N-E-P-A, notice, explain, prescribe, and then act. Um, we really want to just spend time being aware uh, because there's a couple of things that happen when we do that, especially with the nervous system. When we're just present with what's happening, it, it, it alleviates a lot of the, the anxiety around what we want to happen or what we think should happen. Um, so when people come in the gym, I know that they're walking in with this set of expectations. I don't know what those expectations are exactly, but we've done a poor job in the industry up to this point of digging into why people are showing up in the first place, what they're expecting to happen when they start moving, um, how things should feel. That was a big revelation for me was realizing that like, yeah, we talked about this in your assessment that somebody could think that they have low energy in the morning when really their energy is completely normal. They just, they're high energy throughout the rest of the day. And so their baseline for what they think they should feel like throughout the day um, is during higher part, higher energy parts of the day for them. So low energy in the morning to them feels like low energy, but it's not actually low energy. And so being able to take that data and frame it appropriately, like what does it mean to actually have, have a difficult workout? Because some people don't understand that, mm -hmm. like the, the complexity of what happens in a full body squat versus like a leg press machine, what happens to your nervous system and how high it has to ramp up. Well, let's back up. I realize also that a lot of people don't know what I'm talking about when I say nervous system. Should we go there? Yeah, actually, yes, let's do that. This okay. has been a big <laughs> thing, I think, for both of us in the last year. Yes, yes. So your nervous system, the, the best analogy I think I can come up for it right now is it's, it's just a lot like an energy generator. Yep. Um, but it's also the, your brain, our brains are like the processing unit for, for what's happening, what needs to happen and what we want to happen. Um, our biology is continuously adapting through the nervous system. So the nervous, so you have peripheral nerves that you just picture them like a, like a wiring system that runs through your body and there's electrical signals going back and forth from the brain to all the different cells and nerves in the body. So in order to contract a muscle, small or big, your brain has to trigger whatever it does to uh to it works in movements so you're thinking movement i want to walk over there mm -hmm. and now your brain has to core this is like you walk a, you watch a child learn to walk and they're just wobbly and you know and we we don't think anything of it because they're a small child but when you come in the gym it's the same process when i yeah. put you when i put you uh or when i have you do some walking lunges and you're you're off balance and you're well, it's the same process. We just get in our heads. We're like, oh, I can't do the lunge perfectly. So I just shouldn't lunge or 
you know, it feels funny back here. So like, and then we just start analyzing, we start worrying and you know, the rabbit hole people go down, but realizing that like, uh, so the nervous system has to send all these different signals to all these different muscles at a specific time. And some of it's hardwired in there. Like walking is actually a, it's actually a reflex that's just embedded in the spinal cord. And so if you take a paraplegic and suspend them over a treadmill, but let their feet touch, the reflex will actually kick the muscles in, not a paraplegic, oh, wow. but somebody who can't move their legs. Right. The reflex will still work. It's just that they lost the brain, the, the brain connection to those nerves. But it doesn't mean the nerves don't work. There's, there's things stored in there. Um, and so sometimes we just need to reactivate those existing patterns. Um, but trying to speak to the level of complexity that's happening. We, we take for granted how complex it is to learn a new movement mm-hmm. um, or, to, or to have been sedentary for 10, 20, 30 years and then try to do intense movement again because people come out of sports. They remember what that felt like and they're trying to recreate that because they think that's where all their results came from, which isn't the case. So um, nervous system also has two modes of operating. I'm going to try to build this together. You've got the sympathetic, which is rest and digest, right? No, parasympathetic. Parasympathetic is rest and digest. Sympathetic is your fight or flight. So we should see if we're, that's what kind of what HRV measures. We should see inputs from both sides throughout the day. If you get stressed out, it starts to lean towards the sympathetic side because you're having to deal with uh, things that you have to pay attention to and problem solve and and that kind of thing. That starts the way that the nervous system mobilizes is that it's a you your brain says okay we have to handle something stressful so cortisol gets released which just turns everything on the nervous system is starting to ramp up and we want to think of it almost like a light bulb so the more complex the activity in terms of coordination or balance or uh just like complex thinking or problem solving the more the nervous system has to has to uh you think or like a light bulb the brighter it has to, to glow to create the necessary energy required for the task. Yep. Um, so when you're coordinating a lot, that's a thing. Like when you're digging really hard to move a heavy weight, that's a thing when you're just, but different than, uh, <laughs> what did I call? Oh yeah, cyclical activity. So yep. cyclical activity is activity that you can just repeat you, and it's, it's relegated basically to the subconscious. When you're doing cyclical activities, soothing activities, therapeutic activities, the nervous system comes down. That doesn't mean that you're not moving and mobilized it just means that you're not in a state of stress you're not in a state of having to solve problems or uh learn something new try or make sense so far so and we've talked about this in the past um when it comes to things like adrenal fatigue so the advice is if you have been stressed for the last 10 years which many of us that's not even an exaggeration your fight or flight has probably been activated for a long time Mm -hmm. Uh, it is truly you are you are hurting yourself to get into a situation where you are doing those complex movements doing the hyper intensity so for example after this podcast we are gonna jamie and i are, gonna, are going to the gym we'll be at the 4 30 mm-hmm. class today is all box jumps and deadlifts one mm-hmm. of which i hate one one of which <laughs> hurt me, caused injury so i already yeah. know that when i go in um, I've already decided what I'm doing for the box jump instead of the actual box. Um, mm-hmm. And I already know that my deadlift weight will be on the lower side of comfortable, or mm-hmm. I might even squat depending on how the day's going. 
sure. um, once, we, once we get in the gym. So that is a lesson I've learned working with you and the other coaches of mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it does not matter if I literally do, I'm not a CrossFit games athlete. Like it does not matter right. if I do the right. same workout. Um, it's really just, can we get the movements that are going to best support the system? Yes. Whatever the nervous system needs that day. Needs, yes. And the needs are based on the individual's history and the individual's current place in life and their current intentions, goals. Why did they show up in the first place? Mm -hmm. So some people might, like to your, what, what you're saying, to your point, some people might need the the problem solving, the complexity. They, they, like like I, I tend to kind of feed off that yep. um, myself. It gets me amped up and then I feel good and accomplished when I'm done, whereas cyclical work is difficult for me, but I've had to learn to do it. So like just staying on a bike for 10, 20, 30 minutes at a time, mm -hmm. um, or staying on the rower for that long. Uh, but essentially what, what, what we need to realize is that in with the nervous system. So, well, cortisol will cause you to, to hold fat. Right. Um, so this constant low grade nagging stress where we're unaware of how to bring our nervous system down into the parasympathetic is a huge problem um because we're the the your, our body doesn't switch over and start healing digesting clearing out until we've gotten there and so if we if we wake up in the morning and we're just on the go coffee meetings uh kid you know we get off work and then kids and then dinner and then and then uh maybe sometime to ourselves maybe not we're hoping but Maybe that's in the back of our mind too. That's like, that can be another form of stress. And then we don't get it. We get to bed late. We got to be up early. Like just day after day of something like this wears the nervous system down, which means you're going to eventually, like you'll be healthy for 10, 15, 20, up into your probably around 30. This is where we're starting to see people kind of come apart with this lifestyle. Um, you'll be okay. But I start, Kelly started use the term, spending you're spending your genetics you're spending oh, yeah. your resiliency of youth on uh just digging into these things a little bit too too hard yeah um not being not understanding how to balance uh that's something that i've heard a lot this year i turned 40 last june and so a lot of times i hear welcome to being 40 or whatever, like if something hurts or I'm tired and I'm like, no, I find that unacceptable. Like yes, yeah, there was not too. a magic button that went from June 16th when I was 39 yep. to June 17th when I was 40 that magically yeah. made me tired. No, right. <laughs> there's something <laughs> lifestyle that's affecting yes. this. Go find it and fix it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, we're like, the goal is optimal energy pain-free. That's the goal. Obviously very few people would ever get there just because like the the goal is in contest against this lifestyle that we can't we can mitigate but we can't overhaul america's culture so yeah. it's, it just is what it is but we can just one person at a time one person at a time we're, yeah. We're <laughs> yeah we're starting it um so yeah getting back to the nervous system being able to, to balance your stress levels and for some people if you're chronically stressed you may not know what it feels like to come down yeah. And so when you come into the gym, you might be thinking based on how you worked out before, or if you played sports in high school, you might be thinking pain is gain. Um, and so you want to come in and you want to push and you want to feel exhausted. But then what you'll find, and I gave these, these kind of five metrics, because, so let's, let's go back a little bit further. We look at our childhood, we talked about that a little bit and the, and the way that we develop 
these systems that I point to that have to do with our nervous system. So I talk about digestion. I talk about our ability to calm down, go to sleep, and then wake up feeling refreshed. Um, what was the first one I said? Um, digestion. Digestion, yeah. So smooth digestion, um, good sleep, uh, mood regulation, being able, not necessarily being able to control your emotions, but not letting, being able to not let your emotions dictate your behavior uh, to an effective degree. One, two, three, I have them written down. Let me reference them real quick. Yeah, I know there's also recovery is one of the ones, rate of recovery. They're all, they're all, yeah, yeah, like you're, um, anyways, these systems I'm pointing to where I'm trying to direct people at like, hey, pay attention to these things because those are the, those are also lined up with uh, the things we experienced through childhood. And so we learned to deal with those systems back then mm-hmm. and when we were never really taught to do anything different with them, most of us. Yep. So the way that we eat, the way that we like our relationship with food, our relationship with sleep, our relationship with how our body feels is all kind of out of whack because those base level fundamental systems, hunger, <laughs> sleep, uh, our feeling of safety with other people, our feeling of confidence is all linked to those systems. And so if those systems aren't working well, if you look at, I talked about Maslow's hierarchy. So if physiological needs are at the bottom and we suck at that, everything <laughs> above it, <laughs> everything above it is going to kind of be in shambles or at least unstable and inconsistent. And so we eat, we already eat, we already sleep, we already do these things. It's, it's not a matter of trying to find the program that's going to reprogram you. It's tuning into you, what you want out of your life um, and getting your fitness goals in alignment with those, with what you want for your life. Cause ultimately that's what it is. Our yeah. fitness should support our lifestyle. We're not, uh, but it's, a, it's also a cyclical relationship. So if we can first learn how to use our lifestyle to support some physical activity, mm-hmm. this comes back around because you start to learn to use all of your energy more efficiently. You learn, you start, you'll start to rhythm wise, you'll start to learn when you peak, what happens when you don't get enough, just because you're paying attention, what happens when you don't get enough food or sleep um, or when you wake up in the morning, you should know if you slept good without having to check a, you know, a wearable. Right. <laughs> yes. These are just, right. These are just basic kind of things that we've lost. For, you know, uh, we just lost them because we have too many other things to pay attention to and TVs and we stopped paying attention to our body. So, um, my, yeah, that's my big push right now is slowing people down. Yeah. Um, let's start to pay attention to these processes, to these signals your body's giving you, because if you try to just stuff yourself into a program, you may get results. Odds are, you're just going to get frustrated. Yeah. Or the results will match the current life cycle you're in because you got lucky. Like you picked the system, (laughs) right? Time of life. But then it's time to grow and adjust out of that. You're not going to know what to do. And it's just going to freak your nervous system out all over again because you already had this once and why don't you have it anymore? And Uh, I've had those, that, that has been my thought cycle for the last year like what is wrong and not just in fitness and nutrition but in a lot of areas of life like i had this figured Mm -hmm. out what happened and -hmm. all that happened is that it there was a shift that's okay Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. there was some holes in how i knew Mm -hmm. to to figure that out 
mm-hmm. um, which is way different than like something so terrible and it's broken. <laughs> which, right. Right. And I, you know, you and I chatted last week, this early, I don't know what day it is, earlier this week, it was earlier this week about um, my the way I would move before. And I, you know, they tell young moms, make time for yourself, go exercise, get to the gym, go to yoga, all these things. But the truth is I discovered I was far more active when my boys were younger than I naturally am now, now that they, cause when they were toddler, I had three toddlers, <laughs> you know, I had three kids under mm. two at one point. Um, yeah. So I was always running after them or playing yeah. with them yeah. or moving them from one place to another or cleaning up after them. And then when yeah. they could take care of their, uh, but I was also constantly, I felt guilty because I didn't go for runs. I didn't go to the gym. Mm. I didn't, I didn't exercise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. they became self, you know, self-sufficient ish, um, suddenly I was kind of like, oh, I guess I moved a lot more than I ever thought I did. Yeah. 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 And I, I may have said this to you um, with this new program, I'm pushing people towards viewing like i want to get away from the word exercise workout all that stuff and just turn movement into a practice so yoga when you go to a yoga class they're a good instructor will be very intentional set your intention for the day and that kind of guides your flow through whatever's going on in that yoga class for that day um in crossfit the intention (laughs) was left up to the scoreboard basically uh so people coming into that some people, yeah, it hooks some people, it works for some people. Ultimately, though, coaches are having to step back and, and uh, because there's just that gap of thinking that exercise has to be this rigid, but really uh, movement is, is all that the body is, is craving. Movement helps clear out cortisol, helps reset the nervous system. It keeps your, your all the fluid and stuff in your joints uh, like on rotation so that the joints stay more fresh. And a lot of it, a lot of times people just, to your point, won't realize how little they start to move as the little nagging things pile up. Yeah. Um, And so over time, what happens is it just feels better and better to sit still because we're not moving enough to stimulate growth in the body. We're not paying attention to whether or not the body's even like in a good cycle of recovery day to day. And so literally we're just expediting the aging process. Another fun one uh, that I asked you about limitless with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he gets to the, the last part and I'm trying not to spoil anything, but he has to, he has to wrestle with the fact that this incredible specimen of a body that he's created and this beautiful family he's built and this gorgeous life he has is all going to go away. Mm-hmm. it's all going to just deteriorate and so he's talking to an, an an older guy in the episode and he's you know they're discussing life stories and the guy was used to be a like a world champion martial artist and he is talking to him and saying it was a big loss it was a heavy loss it was part of his identity to not be able to do that anymore to the degree that he once could but through accepting it and uh, just accepting where he was in life and the fact that he was aging and his body was breaking down. He said, it's not just a loss because with that loss, it creates some more space for a different kind of growth, a different kind of approach to life. So you can expand your thinking from, you know, 
we're just young. <laughs> yeah. Just young and we were, we were taught a certain way and that's what we try to run with if we're achievers. Uh, and it, in our case, it tends to be just the go-getter, hardworking, hustle, work all, you know, work through the night, never sleep. This, yeah. this <laughs> but the yeah. most efficient people work very little because the decisions they're making are high leverage decisions because they've lined everything up the way that it, that it actually works. So, but yeah, the whole, uh, one of the things, I think it was in that episode, he's, he's, the guy's talking about one of the things that ages, ages us the most is the fact that we don't accept that we're aging and we want to fight it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but it's a little easier for me to say, because I'm young, but I also work with a lot of, uh, kind of achievement driven males who are 50 and up and they're, they're helping me kind of understand how they're having to fight this battle as well, because they were, they were previously much more, more, uh, physically resilient than they are now and they're running they're just running into little nagging injury after nagging injury mm-hmm. and so we're having to have these discussions about it can't be about performance anymore like yeah. now it's about making sure that you don't you lose as little uh, or you retain as much as you can through a cycle that works for the rest of your life yeah right and it's still going to have to change as you go yeah well, I know I almost never log anything on the leaderboard anymore because yeah, me either. a lot of, t- well, I do like to log my lifts just so next time I'm told to do 75%, like I have some, sure. some thing other yeah. than that. I don't, and that's partially because I often don't even do the workout that's written <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it's not what I need to do that day. Like yesterday we right. did 5 million thousand burpees, which is ridiculous by the way. <laughs> Um, and, um, you know, some people were going all out and doing, um, at like super hardcore and they like hit, Mm -hmm. I did the slow and steady, just one, one, I did burpees for a whole minute, which is absurd. Um, and (laughs) you know, which I used to hate and now I've decided Uh I like, um, Uh but what was amazing about that is that when you looked at my numbers compared to someone who tried to go all out and couldn't, we were at least neck and neck if my numbers weren't actually higher. Um, mm. but I don't bother to record because I don't want to look at there and then be like, oh, so-and-so is my age and I, sh- they're doing X. So I should be able to do X. And, you know, like, I just, yeah. uh, I have learned that lesson partially because there is a part of me that's a high achiever. I know that's shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's also a part of me that is good. Like I am good at this, but I keep mm-hmm pushing too hard and getting hurt. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like, and you've told me this before about taking like a year to just do everything at 50% so you could get mm-hmm. really good at the mm-hmm. movements. And I feel like that's the phase I'm in. Like yes. whatever else is gonna come next will come next. But right now, what can we do to mm-hmm. be strong, keep moving mm-hmm. and work out the, the additional cortisol that I have added in the last 18 mm-hmm. years? Yes, yeah. I've been thinking about this like a, it's, it's, it's like a garden in my mind. So, and our body's just kind of the soil. So we're trying to, we're trying to be all these different things. We're trying to grow all these different things in our garden. Um, fitness is just an aspect of that. Like our health is an aspect of that, but what you're referring to this year, like when I say I took a year uh, is going back and spending time like building a relationship with the fundamentals of your body of my body uh, when i say i spent hours just in front of the mirror 
watching myself move. That's what that was. I was seeing, okay, this guy gave me this kind of template for movement. I've studied it. I understand it. It makes sense. We're looking at the body from like a mechanical standpoint. Got it. And then I go in and I, I just spend time with it. I didn't really have a, an intention. I was like, I want to make my squat better. So I just spent time like exploring my squats because I was curious, like, how does this feel? And I feel like, how does this feel is a question that just gets blown right by in a lot of aspects of our life. Yeah. Because if we stop, if we slow down and ask that question, okay, how did I feel after that workout? And then like, what did the rest of my day look like? <laughs> if my workout's supposed to support my life and I do a 5am hardcore workout and then I'm, I need to sleep by 1230 PM. Yeah. That's a problem. That's backwards. Yeah. Like we got it flipped on his head. And in the same way, if I eat a meal and now I'm just dragging ass for the rest of the day, sorry, excuse my language. No, if I'm just dragging for the rest of the day. Okay. What was that? What, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I wake up in the morning and I don't feel good, that's our, that's our time to reflect what happened. What did I do yesterday? How's my sleep been overall? Um, different than just trying to put constraints on everything, because this is the parameter for what this should look like. Yeah. Asking how does this make me feel? And does it work for, what's important to me in my life. Yeah. And redefining that word feel, because I've had this conversation several times in the last week about, I literally mm -hmm. was just talking to a client who is struggling to do something she wants to. And she's like, I just need to do it and just fuck my feelings, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, let's, <laughs> we're going to dive in more. Like this was just a quick yeah. call. It wasn't a true coaching call. So I was like, sure. We're, we're going to explore that a little bit more, but maybe we don't start there because your feelings yeah. are valid. Like your feelings yes. have a place yes. in the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, they're actually very, very important. Super <laughs> like, important. Super whatever, important. Whatever is blocking you is there for a reason. We need to figure mm -hmm. out if it's removable and if you want it removed or if it's actually guiding you in a different way. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's how we need to, I, I, I've talked about it. Um, the day we're recording, I have a, an episode released with um, the CEO of the locker room, Jake Dixon, and we're talking yes. about the exact thing, intentionality versus, or in, I'm sorry, intuition versus emotionality. So mm. if I, and then when it comes to the gym, it's like, I don't want to do burpees. I feel like I don't want to do burpees. That's yes. actually a different phrase, a different sentence than I am injured. And so my body yeah. feels like it should not do burpees. We use yeah. the same word, which is why I think people get lost in their heads about mm. it. Um, mm. We use the same word for yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, intuition and emotion. Intuition. Yeah. And it's like, okay. I see what you mean. I'm going to have to find a way to express this differently because gotcha. the whole way to the gym yesterday, Jamie and I complained about doing burpees and the whole way home, we continued to complain about <laughs> doing burpees, but at no point was our, where our bodies actually telling us not to do burpees. Like we yes. actually did yeah. need to go do them. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. very different. I'm, 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 I'm fleshing this out. Maybe by the time this episode launches, I'll actually have a different way of explaining <laughs> it. No, um, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because like, it, it is uh, actually the most important thing to do is pay attention to how you feel and, and don't dismiss it. And this is something I've yes. learned. It's been a really hard lesson in the last six months is if you feel something that's getting in your way, that feeling is there because it's been served. It's been serving you. Right. And so find out what that feeling needs or find mm -hmm. out what mm -hmm. function it's been serving in your life and mm -hmm. either meet the need or meet you know that function in a different way or you know something yes. but yeah. this this whole like just push that to the side just don't worry about it just, i'm gonna shove it down that 
much like you were talking about spending our genetics when we're in our 20s, like it works for a little while and we feel mm-hmm. tough and we feel strong and we feel like we're not controlled by our emotions, but that's not the same. No. Suppressing them is not the same as integrating. No. Yeah. Integrating. Yeah. I love that word. And that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what that is. So I talk about these physiological systems that will drive us to behave certain ways. Uh, you know, like when you get hungry, legitimately hungry, your, your thoughts become, your biology orients your thoughts and perspective around finding food. And yeah. so that's, that's the way that our behavior actually happens is um, a need starts to grow. And then that voice gradually gets louder and louder as that need gets bigger and bigger and or uh, something something hits us, you know, hits a wound and activates a, some sort of emotional trigger. And now we have to go cope in some way, hopefully healthy, but probably not, because yep. if it is a trigger, most people haven't learned. We're learning. We're learning. We're learning. Anyways, um, but That's yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> right. Learning. Yeah. Learning exactly that. The difference between. Because, yeah, you can say feel and then all of a sudden a whole bunch of people are real lazy and they don't want to do anything yep. uh, different than like paying attention to what you already do will t- kind of tell you what's important to you. If you're willing to spend some time with it, you're not going to do consistently things that are not important to you, things that are not needs for you. Yep. And so sitting with who you are, what you feel um, and paying attention as you go through life, just a little bit more here and there, because yep. that's a capacity. And that's actually a very high functioning capacity in our brains. Something I think evolutionary, like evolution wise, we're kind of just really setting, like setting into. And so even to spend time there takes energy, it's going to tax you a little bit. And so with that, also realizing that your attention is going to ebb and flow. And if you're tired, you're going to realize you can't, you can't focus, you yep. can't pay really good attention to what's going on and, and make good judgments, which is also something that's important because like Maslow's hierarchy, if those physiological needs are not being met, if those emotional needs aren't being met, everything above it is going to take a hit. Your overall ability to function well in life, whether you want to be a performance driven person or not, you might just be trying to, you know, settle into some aspect of life and get into some routines and enjoy where you're at. Yeah. Um, but you won't even necessarily be able to do that. Because I, I know people who are trying to live like that uh, because their life up to this point has been so stressful. And what they're running into is they're not dealing with why they were living this other way in the first place. Yes. They're just trying to make the shift, yep. cram themselves into the program. Um, yep. And they don't fit because yep. they haven't grown that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you haven't stopped moving in 50 years, moving like a, not not physically moving but like going 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 and you get still at age 50 it's gonna freak you out (laughs) you're gonna panic like i'm 34 and i panic and i'm not even i'm actually i consider myself to be kind of a lazy person um because (laughs) i (laughs) (laughs) right but what i do is i lean into my intellect and my ability for intensity my capacity for intensity to make a lot of progress really fast and then i'll coast on momentum for a while yeah. Um, because I, I just have learned, I guess, kind of intuitively that there's, when you're learning something, there's kind of a tipping point when you get a grip on it. And then whatever you just spent a whole lot of time with, you can now interact with in a much different way than when you started. Yeah. So in the beginning, like learning to walk, you know, you've got to figure out, you've got to get oriented or I was wakeboarding, trying to wakeboard <laughs> <Not> <laughs> successfully, but trying to, 
And so the first time I did it, terrible, or snowboarding. First time I did it, terrible. Uh, again, up to this point in my life, I've not even been on a board on top of snow or water. And so uh, I'm trying to get out of the water on the on the when the boat starts moving, and I couldn't even do that at first. But afterwards, I'm thinking, and then I'm playing around on like those balance boards that yeah. sit on like a foam roller, playing around on that, just trying to get the feel because just like when I latched onto the stuff at the, as a coach and becoming fascinated with how my body moves, I'm just, I just want to learn it. Cause I know when I get to a certain point, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and so knowing that I'm like, okay, I can just be okay with this process and I can be okay with falling in the water. Isn't failing to me as long as I'm paying attention because I'll pick something up every time I fall. I'm like, okay. And it's not just up here. There's also the difference between, kinesthetic learning and intellectual learning and so just because you can see and understand what somebody's doing obviously doesn't mean you can turn around and do it even if it's something you've done before because you're we're talking about and the the older you get you start to lose the the neuroplasticity to learn things quickly but even that in and of itself the more you exercise that the better it can get yeah um but just realizing you know if you're 60 something years old you're going to probably learn slower a physical skill slower than somebody who's 20 um just because of how the biology works it's not because there's something wrong with you yeah which is i think where we kind of get it twisted we can't learn as fast as that person so we're like oh but also people's nervous systems are all very different it's like we're about as our nervous systems are about as unique as a fingerprint in terms of what how they're going to respond to different things um what kind of hormones they're going to output whenever you undergo stress uh that type of thing so your response, everybody's response to the same situation can be different. Just like anybody's perspective on the same situation can be different. Yeah. Um, and the intent there is just, yeah, the intent with this whole idea is to loosen, loosen up the, the tension so that you can take on tasks without feeling that pressure of performance. You don't have to learn these things in a certain time. There may be situations where you do, obviously, if you're, you know, training for a job or something, but um taking the pressure off because you'll learn quicker if you relax and pay attention because your your body's in a more receptive state yeah uh, the nervous system's in a more receptive state and that's the biology that has to change for you to learn whatever you're trying to learn but yeah, yeah. there's something you've you've said a couple of times now um that is a hundred percent how i coach and how i recommend people discover things i'm not even sure you realize it but you said you were in the gym working on the movements because you wanted to, like it was, it was intuitive. You called it driven. Um, I would call it like inner voice. Like you're doing the thing that you want to do because you want to do it. That's like, that's it. Um, and you, you follow that path. Um, I have a mentor who calls it the path of least resistance. And we think of that as a bad thing. We think that we're taking the easy way. And again, much like with feeling that could be so. And so you do have to let yourself wake up to which, which way that least resistance is, you know, what it's really coming from. Yeah. But when you can chase after the thing that really lights you up, yes. that is 110%. It's like, I, I was telling Jamie um, six, seven months ago, he was a little stressed about work. He was looking for a new job. This was before he had his current one. And I told him, I said, you just need to relax and get like 1% happier each day. Like whatever you can do in yeah. any moment to be 1% happier. Yep. And took because I had tried to get him to leave his job for years and he wouldn't. So I was like, okay, you're not going to. So just like 1% happier. 
mm-hmm. um, what what's lighting you up any given day. And eventually it's going to yeah. shift. And within a week, he had a new job offer. Wow. And it, it was just kind of like, you have to get out of your head about what things should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let mm-hmm. them be what they are. And, so then, much, yeah. and then see how you can level up just 1%. Like any yeah. given moment, mm-hmm. 1% different or closer to what you want. And eventually that it 1% you all the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm, this is, I think this is the same idea. Uh, but I started, and I can't remember where this was introduced to me at, but thinking of these, these, uh, these things. So we kind of compartmentalize different aspects of our life, um, whether we realize it or not. You know, we've got a home life, we've got a family life, we've got. Our, our social life divided up into friends and coworkers, and maybe we go to church, maybe we go to the gym, that type of thing. We've got all these kind of buckets mm-hmm. and our ability to pay attention is probably the most powerful thing we have because whatever we pay attention to is the relationship that we're investing in. Yeah. Um, wherever we, wherever we put that attention, which is why you'll hear like some, some of the people I follow or people who, advocate for being in touch with your body will tell you to to get away from screens like you have to get away from the input all the noise um because the the noise like it it just it disorients you away from yourself and everything out here especially in this culture is demanding our attention yep why because it's so valuable it's so valuable um and so yeah when you walk into a gym uh, or you walk into a new place, you walk into a new job, whatever, you're coming into this new environment that now your your biology has to adapt to, especially if there's new people. That's a huge stressor for, like, especially somebody like me because I'm kind of introverted. I'm paying attention to all these relational dynamics and um, I'm worried about what people are going to think. I'm worried about if I'm supposed to be, if I care to be, I, I don't know. There's just stuff going on. So your nervous system's just pegged, right? Um, you can only sustain that for so long. Yeah. Oh, I lost it. Where did I start with that? I do this all the we time. We were talking <laughs> about which is funny because that's actually in my mind. Oh, the relationship. That's exactly what I said this year. I was like, because I have my on the strengths finder, one of mine is input. I'm good at consolidating information, but I've reached a saturation saturation point. It's like yeah. I have a business coach, I have a fitness coach. And that's it. Like, those are actually the only two people I want to be listening to right now mm-hmm. outside of myself. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Period. And that yeah. I am geared to where in probably six months that will swing again, just because it's, mm-hmm. it's how I'm personally wired, but not everybody's wired even like that and shouldn't even put the number of inputs I normally put in. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I, I, and those two, it, you and my business coach, like, I know you personally. Yeah, it's not a podcast. It's not Instagram. It's not. Right. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've reached a point of personal, yeah, discussion. <laughs> a big thing this a big thing this year I keep hearing is accountability, and I'm like, no, mm-mm. I don't I don't want anybody to hold me accountable. I, I trust myself. There are two yeah. things I want to do that I don't want to do, and that's not eat gluten because I know it hurts me, and yeah. um, work on some sales stuff. So those two things I probably need some accountability for. Because I sure. do want their result, even if in the moment my brain doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I'm like, I just, I'm going to trust myself. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That, yeah. And that's you. That's chasing your intuition rather than just reacting to your feelings. 
um, where I was going with the attention thing, our, our attention is constantly being pulled, being competed for. Yeah. Um, that's important to be aware of because you'll catch yourself, right? Every time you whip out your phone, you're giving somebody else your attention yeah. rather than keeping it for yourself. And it's hard to keep it for yourself at first just because we build, they, they've kind of put us in a position where we build this habit. Uh, but the more time, the more attention you start to take back, the more you're going to notice. Yeah. And so a lot of people grossly overestimate what progress looks like in the beginning um, because it's not so tangible. It's reorienting your perspective and, and kind of getting a better grip on what you're actually capable of. So what that could look like is uh, in a, inside of a program, rather than trying to jam you into a program and say, well, okay, let's limit your phone time to an hour a day unless it's work, that kind of thing. It's like, well, let's see how much time you're spending on your phone or in front of the TV or, yeah. you know, whatever it is for you. Uh, and we'll start from there because that's where you are. Yeah. Uh, if somebody has trouble sleeping, okay, let's start looking at sleep. If somebody has trouble moving, well, let's do these very fundamental tests and kind of see where the gaps are in your movement. Because I'm not going to get you in the gym, not anymore, and hand you a barbell. I have no idea who you are. Yeah. I've had people come in who couldn't who couldn't carry 45 pounds across a room. They were yeah. so uh, sedentary for so long. Um, and so getting people into the gym and expecting that I can hand them a weight and say, okay, we're going to make this hurt and that they'll come back the next two, three, four days, probably yeah. not going to happen because you've introduced so much stress into the nervous system. It had to burn really hard and it hadn't done that in a long time, yeah. long, long time, if ever. Uh, so yeah, helping people become aware of that just like get get a get, get a grip on your attention because it's probably the most valuable thing you have and wherever you put it that's the thing that's going to grow in your life okay so to kind of wrap up i feel like you and i could have this conversation for days on end and we do so mm -hmm. wrap up the recorded version um yeah. and i'll have to have you on as you continue the um project you're working on and, and learn more but what i'm hearing you say like it's we're recording January 4th. This is going to be released probably January 25th. So we're still in January. If you have resolutions, goals, whatever for the year, your recommendation for people would actually be start with awareness. Start with being aware of where you are now and mm -hmm. then let that awareness prescribe whatever tweaks you want to make. Does that mm -hmm. kind of sum up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see what people tend to do with goal setting is they, so goal setting is actually, unless you're very experienced at what you're doing, it's pretty arbitrary. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> it's, and even for people in fitness, we sometimes like we kind of know what we're doing. But we don't know how your body's going to react. Yep. Uh, so especially if you're setting fitness goals or health goals, um, set the goal. That's fine. Kind of know where you want to be. But rather than chasing the goal in action, I would very much encourage trying to learn about it from more trusted sources. Don't get on, uh, don't get on. Well, that's part of the problem, I guess, is like, who do you trust? <laughs> and it's much easier when you have a, a personal connection and you see how somebody lives day to day. But um, yeah, spend, spend time trying to learn, trying to understand, seeing where the information lines up. Like what I'll do is I'll, I'll just skim articles or I'll like speed up videos and watch through and see what gets repeated. Like what information is getting repeated and is consistent and was consistent on posts from 10 years ago. And people are still saying to things like that, yeah. find ways to find what information is relevant and connected uh, 
versus people just running yeah. their mouths so they exactly. can make money. Well, and um, test everything you you test learned yes. to yourself. Like no yes. it doesn't yes. matter if the um doctrine or whatever is ten years old. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Correct. Correct. And what and what you're looking for and trying to learn is you're trying to just get us, you're trying to get oriented. It's like it's like a job orientation. Like where's the bathroom? Where's the cash register? You know, where do I go for a break? This this is literally what you're you're trying to do. So if you're entering the health arena and you're trying to resolve something with your health, start learning about the body. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't start learning about how to change the body. Just like yeah. get, get online and look at, at a picture of anatomy or read about how organs work. Um, so you can start to, to establish for yourself. And that's kind of the goal of my project is really to make people uh, in their pursuit of health autonomous so yeah. that they can make decisions based on what they know about themselves that work decisions that work. Um, because they've invested the time to just learn some fundamentals. How, how does digestion work? Like basics, it, you know, why is, what happens when you eat gluten that makes it so bad yeah. in that case for you? So yeah, yeah. Learn, 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 learn. Josh, thank you so much. If people want to connect with you or if they're local to Nashville or visiting and want to stop by the gym, where would you send them? Crossfitfreeflow.com. Okay. Awesome. And you're not on socials or anything like that at the moment. No. <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll, yeah. we, we, need, we need some trustworthy influencers, so we'll get you out there. Yes. But if you yeah. are local to Nashville or visiting and want to drop in, CrossFitFreeFlow.com is where you can check our gym out, and you'll see me there too, maybe. Nice. Uh, depending, <laughs> on, <laughs> depending on how many burpees are in the workout. <laughs> All right, Josh, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yes, thank you. And there you have it. Thank you, Josh, for all of that deep knowledge on health and fitness. Um, as always, it is just such a such an adventure. It's so much fun to talk with Josh about all of these things. So hope you enjoyed it as well. If you did, remember, head on over to Spotify, iTunes, follow, rate, to review, maybe share the show with somebody it will be helpful for. I would greatly appreciate it. And don't forget to check out the show notes. You can follow along at CrossFit Free Flow um, over on Instagram, and you can also do the newsletter sign up, the breathwork session sign up. So we've got so much stuff going on here, and you just don't want to miss out. So thank you again for spending time with us today. Until next week, have an amazing day.